here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey, this is Hunter from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Skylar from Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Billy McCluskey with Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Jacopo. I'm the Thrills United Coaster representative from Rome, Italy, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey guys, it's Logan from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Andrew Locke. Hi everyone, this is Andrew from Coaster Challenge. Welcome. Today we have a special guest. I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking to this particular guest today, given uh, some uh, uniquities about uh, where she's lived and uh, the variety of places she's lived, actually. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Thrills United and Coaster Kids rep, Marina Davitellis. Welcome, Marina. Thank you. Glad to have you on. So uh, you and I have met a couple times in person, but we've talked a lot over Instagram and always enjoy our chats. And, you know, you and I share some favorites. Yeah. Uh, including uh, one place in particular, which we'll talk about later, that a lot of people, a lot of uh, coaster enthusiasts and whatnot, don't necessarily get to go to because it's not here in the U.S. And and we'll have, you know again we'll have fun talking about that here in the interview. But I always enjoy your passion for that place and and the passion that I share as well. And and uh, again, like I was saying in the intro here, you're a uh, you're a military brat, as the saying yeah. goes, right? So even though you're fairly young, you've experienced a lot of the world, especially Europe and and some other places. So I think that's interesting. You have an interesting perspective as a, as a younger Thuzi that, you know, still has all these uh, experiences. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you. So, so welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we can go ahead and get started. The first question is kind of just for you to kind of share about yourself. So just tell us about yourself and about your love of uh, parks and coasters. Yeah. Um, so my name is Marina. I currently live in Orlando. Um, but I grew up to go, I grew up going to different parks kind of everywhere. Um, like you said, I'm a military brat. So um, I lived in Japan, Germany, and now here. Um, so every summer I would come back to Florida and Virginia and go to the parks there. So I grew up going to Disney. And then I had, of course, the Germany parks as well. Um, my mom loved the parks too. So she took me all the time. Um, so it's kind of been in my life forever. And I just fell in love with them the more I went. So. Nice, nice. It's cool that your mom was into it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you can share that with her. That's always a great way to bond uh, families and so forth. I, I uh, not so much involved anymore, but I used to be involved with the uh, Ace Ride With Us podcast for Ace. Uh, I was one of the founding producers of that. And uh, I ran a segment for quite some time uh, that I coined the name, I love puns and double entendres, uh, Coasters Run in the Family. 
And it's about families, you know, multiple generations, you know, brothers and sisters or you know, parents and kids or grandparents and kids or all three generations or whatever the case may be um, of, of where there are multiple enthusiasts, you know, across generations. And the, yeah. uh, you know, and the interesting thing about that is it tends to really strengthen the family bond when you have that. And I, and I see that not just with those interviews I've done, but friends of mine, I know multiple parent children you know friends of mine that i have that they're both generations are into coasters and parks and uh have a you know really great time with them i have quite a few friends actually and that fall into that category so it's kind of fun so you know and i think you and i've talked about this on instagram a little bit but uh, messaging and all that but for you even though you're an american you're kind of like a european tourist or, yeah. or where you know you come to orlando in the summer like a lot of people from europe and asia and elsewhere do and get to you know uh, enjoy these amazing parks but they're not your home parks but they sort of are whereas yeah. the parks in like germany especially are kind of like your home so you kind of have that backwards kind of thing yeah it's really yeah. cool like to have basically two different homes like across the globe because my family was here you know so i'd come visit them and go to like, universal disney and in Virginia, like BGW and King's Dominion, but then I could go back to Germany and have the parks there. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, for me, from my opinion, I, you know, I've traveled all over the world, not because I was a military brat or I was in the military, but just because of the jobs I've had in the, in the civilian sector, if you will, uh, I've done a lot of traveling uh, for, for work. And I've also done some traveling for pleasure too, but a lot of it has been for work where I'll be staying over a weekend or I'll have a jet lag recovery day that my company would give me or, you know, whatever the case may be where I'd have extra time and I would make really good use of that time all over Asia, Middle East, Europe, all over the U.S. So I, I have similar experiences, but not for the same reason. And, you know, from my perspective, having been to parks all over the world, um, the best parks that I've been to, the, the two hot spots for them are here in Orlando and in Germany. Yeah, I mean, okay. Japan has great parks, you know, there's some amazing parks in, in uh, China, but, you know, and again, we'll get into that later about the German parks, but uh, yeah, you, you can you have a very unique perspective on those. So, but thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, so can, can you maybe talk about, you've already kind of mentioned that, you know, you've lived in Germany, Japan, of course, the US. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that because you've had access to like these parks and these amazing places, you know, again, living in Orlando, living in Germany, living in Japan, is that really kind of what made you an enthusiast or maybe your mom being into it as well, you know, being yeah. near these amazing parks or, you know, kind of share about that? A hundred percent. I think a lot of it is because of my mom, because, um, you know, she like grew up taking me to those places because she loved them so much. And if I wasn't exposed to that, I think like so consistently throughout my life, I don't think I would have fallen in love with it as much. I definitely still think that I'd be into it. Um, but that really like helped get it going. Um, sure. Yeah. But I actually was always terrified of coasters. So I would ride like, you know, the tamer ones. And um, it actually wasn't until I met up with Logan from Coaster Kids that I really um, kind of got up my fear. So nice nice yeah um logan and and jeff they're very good friends of ours and of the podcast we actually did you might know this uh what was it uh end of season one i think early season two it was we did a coaster kids month where we had four different episodes because we release every week uh of, each, of a different coaster kid and uh the penultimate the uh the i just say the penultimate the ultimate episode was was with logan interview with logan 
Uh, and I've interviewed Jeff myself and uh, Jeff and I are, you know, we are, we're pretty close. Jeff's an awesome guy. What a great guy, very wise person. And yeah. uh, he's very close friends with very close friends of mine from Ohio, uh, Larry and Gene Limes and, and some others too. So we all know each other and just a great group of people. I mean, I've met so many incredible people through this hobby. I've met some not so great people too, but thankfully those in the minority. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, and speaking of great people, you know, one of the reasons, another reason why I wanted to have you on the show uh, is a friend of mine and, no, of course, friend of yours, um, Scott Schaefer, Orlando Scott, uh, or Upstop Scott, as he's known different ways. Um, he's an awesome person, and he yeah. speaks so highly of you. I know you guys are close, yeah. and and I knew that, you know, you'd be a great person to talk to. And Scott, of course, you know, thinks the world of you. So that that alone is enough reason to have you on. So anyways, so, <laughs> uh, so you mentioned fear. So that's actually a good segue into kind of the next part of the interview. So the next kind of few questions uh, we're going to talk about what I've coined the term fear journey, which is pretty, I want to say always, we've run into a couple of people in these interviews we've done now, gosh, we're 120, 130 of these interviews or so now. We've run across a couple of people that never really experienced fear in their lives, for the most part, for the most part. And they never were afraid of rides or coasters or heights or versions or, you know, launches or whatever the case may be. Uh, they, you know, that's just the way they are. Hey, that's cool that they're wired that way. They're they're lucky in a way to not yeah. have weird anxiety. That's not how the majority of us work, though. Mm-hmm. The majority of us, you know, yourself, myself, you know, we had fear of coasters. We we dealt with that sort of anxiety in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so with the fear journey, we talk about how you conquer that fear and what the impacts of that were. So to go through that journey, we kind of go through the, the theme park time, time machine, go back, you know, not now, but going go to your past. So to start with, what is the first coaster that you rode? The first coaster I rode was Bard Stormer at Magic Kingdom. Of course, that's a great first coaster for you. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, it was very similar. It was Space Mountain in uh, Disney okay. World, Kingdom. So when I was like four years old. So nice. uh, Bard Stormer, I'm a little older than you. Bard Stormer did not exist when I... When I <laughs> when I was four but uh anyways yeah okay now moving probably past the barnstormer I'm guessing there's probably something later for you what is the coaster that really intimidated you or scared you the most it was actually Loch Ness Monster at Busch Gardens Williamsburg um I still remember the first time I rode it I was 12 years old and my mom loved that ride um but I was terrified of like inversion. So that was um, the first coaster I rode with an inversion. And I remember my mom like trying to drag me through the line. I I think I was like crying. I was so scared. Um, I just did not want to get on because I was like so terrified of going upside down. Um, but yeah, definitely that one. Nice, nice. That's a classic. Uh, we've never had that one. That's the first time I think that's been mentioned as the the one that, you know, scared someone the most, but it makes sense because you were young. And I know you mentioned earlier that you you, know, you used to go to Kings Dominion, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, you know, parks yeah. here on the East Coast in addition to Orlando. And, uh, you know, it's got multiple inversions, of course, the interlocking loops it's famous mm-hmm. for. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I can relate to you too, because that was my big fear. It wasn't about going fast or yeah. heights. I've really never been afraid of those things. It was inversions. I was mm-hmm. so afraid. I've, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I was so afraid of going upside down. I wouldn't do somersaults in phys ed class. I refused. I was yeah. like, I'm not going upside down. Even though it's right on the ground. Was, it's like, <laughs> I was actually um scared for a similar reason because I grew up yeah. doing dance and gymnastics. But oh, one nice. of, 
when I was nine years old, I broke my arm. And ever since then, I was like terrified of like doing flips or anything like that. Because I broke my arm doing a flip. I broke it in like three places and I had to get surgery on it twice. Oh my gosh, when you were nine. Yeah, that was part of the reason why I was so like terrified of just anything upside down. That totally makes sense. Yeah, that's very, okay. You have a lot more reason than I did. I I never had anything (laughs) happen to me like that. I was just afraid. Uh, so, okay. So that, that happened when you were nine and a few years later, your arm had healed up, of course, by then, and you were at Bush Gardens and so you, uh, rode Loch Ness Monster, your mom dragged you onto it. Now, by the way, the, does your mom, do you still ride with your mom? I know you're, you've got yeah. your big friend group with, with, you know, with like Hunter and all mm-hmm. like the local Thrills United coaster kids people, but like yeah. you, you still hang out with your mom at the parks and. I do. Um, it's a little more difficult now cause she has a full-time job. So, um, yeah can't really go as often but um we're already planning like a trip to dollywood for thanksgiving um she still Ooh. loves to go to the parks so yeah uh, i'll say the last part again i said she still loves to go to the parks she still loves to go to the parks got it got it yeah, now like you been to dollywood was... oh sorry I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. sorry. <laughs> um, when i was i think turning 17 like when we lived in germany um she took me on like a little germany coaster trip so we did um like three or four parks together oh nice that's awesome that's yeah. awesome so is this your first time going to Dollywood in like the holiday period? Um, no, I went, I've only been there once before, but when I went, it was like mid-December. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause so I've been to Dollywood a bunch of times, never have gone November, December, never have gone for the holidays, but really would like to. Same thing with Silver Dollar City. I've not been, oh I've been before, but not that time. Have you been to Silver Dollar City during the holidays? Yeah. Well, no, um, only during the summer, but yeah, I same. really yeah. like to go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I look forward to seeing your story and, hearing what you have to say about, uh, well, actually, no, you said you've already been in December. So, you know, yeah. going to the loft script here, which is fine. But what do you think of Christmas at Dollywood, you know, holidays at Dollywood? It was beautiful. It was just freezing cold. I was, I was struggling, um, but it was yeah. so worth it. It was so pretty. I think like my favorite, like a whole part about that whole trip was um, on lightning, lightning rods, quad down. You could just look out and like see all the Christmas lights over the park. And it was like, it was amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is yeah. beautiful. I mean, that that park, I love the Smoky Mountains. I love Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg. I love that whole area. Oh, I do too. Yeah, it's I like it better than Branson. I think, I mean, not that Branson's bad, but I just think there's something special about the about Pigeon Forge and uh, that, I agree. you know, that whole area about the Smoky Mountains. And mm-hmm. yeah. Now, you've been to Disneyland, of course, right? In California? Yeah. No, actually. You're not? Oh, no, that's like okay. that's my number one bucket list park. But I have oh, I could imagine if you have. Okay. I was just talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, actually, I think we're going to have him on the podcast here this season. Uh, he's a you know big time parks fan, coasters, parks, theme parks. He and I get along well because we both are really passionate, not just about coasters, but about theme parks. Because yeah. those are different things. And I know you are that way too. Another that's reason why I'm sort of talking to you. Um, and he's he lives in California. Disneyland's his home park. And we were talking about which park, at least here in the U.S., has the best holiday, you know, Christmas celebration, which is the most beautiful. And and uh, we both agree of the parks we've been to, because we've not, neither of us have been to Dollywood or Silver City during Christmas, uh, that Disneyland has the best holidays. I mean, it, nothing in Disney World compares to it. Nothing. I as far as how yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So my recommendation to you is for your first trip to Disneyland, if you want to have like the maxed out experience go from like what is it early mid-november through beginning of january like during that holiday period you'll get a haunted mansion holiday which is amazing uh but then you'll get all the dressing for holiday the holidays all the lights and like 
like it's a small world. The facade of it is gorgeous at night during the holidays. It's the whole park is, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to Disneyland next month, so I'm not going to experience the holidays, but I'm, I've not been there in a couple of years, so I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm curious, once you get to go to Disneyland and do the holidays there, I'm curious what you think of that versus Dollywood. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I don't, I yeah, I don't know if I know anyone that's done both, like, again, during the holidays. But mm-hmm. anyways, anyways, back, back on track. So Loch Ness Monster. So... How did you feel when you got off of Loch Ness Monster? Like you, you know, how did you feel after conquering it, conquering those fears? I mean, I was not one of those people who was like, okay, like my fear coasters is like, you know, gone. I was still like a little nervous and like gradually had to like kind of work my way up to like more intense rides. I remember um, the same day I rode Griffin and I was like terrified of that too. Um, Right. But I remember like getting off and I was like, okay, like it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, and I was definitely proud of myself and glad that I just um, did it. <laughs> right, right. Now, obviously, because I know some of the parts you've been to and some of your favorites and all that, that the coasters you've been on since Loch Ness are obviously more intense and more inversions yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So while you, you didn't get over like all your fear from Loch Ness, it sounds like that was the worst of your fear, right? And that, yeah. that, Okay. Okay. So would you say, let's say you've not been, you're going on a coaster this year that you've not been on before. Would you say you still have any fear or do you think that's just excitement that you feel now? I um, probably still would be scared of a few. I think X2 would intimidate me. Um, any okay. of the coasters, so like Ijanaika, even though it's very high on my bucket list, I think I'd still definitely like be a little nervous Right. Um, I rode King Dakar in 2021 and I was terrified before that also. Right. Um, sure. Sure. So there's definitely still a few that would um in- intimidate me, but um I don't think I'd be like terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And and the ones you mentioned, especially uh X2, uh you mentioned uh, King Dakar, you know, Topful Dragster being similar. Uh yeah. those are the those are the ones you know, I mentioned earlier that we never had Loch Ness Monster. But, you know, it's those, it's it's the, it's the, you know, again, those really tall ones or the really intense ones like X2 or, you know, Top Thrill, King Ka, that those are the ones we typically have, have people have told us that are afraid of, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think um, for me, it's more like flat rides that kind of scare me. I was like, um, I did a sky coaster at Buntspot Kissimmee for the first time, like a few months ago. And that one, that one terrified me. It still scares me every time I go on. Um, oh yeah yeah no that i I, you said Kissimmee, right mm -hmm. yeah so i've been on one sky coaster in my life uh the one they have at six flags discovery kingdom okay and i think it's like a 150 i don't yeah it's not the tallest obviously we know that that Kissimmee. and i just done that one i loved it i really enjoyed it and i um actually um very coaster challenge related uh kim who's the uh, one of the other main producers of the show and her son, Jay, who also helps us with the show. Uh, they were visiting um, along with uh, uh, Jay's sister, Kim's uh, other child, uh, Lily. Uh, so the three of them were visiting here in Florida. This was earlier this year, like winter time. I think it was spring break, March, April. And uh, we did a bunch of things together, but they wanted to do the Sky Coaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Kissimmee, because it's the tallest one. So uh, we decided Lily didn't want to go. So because she didn't go, I joined Jay and Kim. So I'd never, I'd done it. Actually, I've only done it with two other people. It's always mm-hmm. been two other people. So anyway, the three of us did it. And 
it was, I wasn't afraid. I was like, okay, wow, we're high up here. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not really afraid of heights. I'm aware of, there's like this thing that goes off in my head where it's like, okay, I'm really, I'm really high up right now, but I'm like, I'm okay with it. I don't freak out. You know, it's just yeah. like, my mind is reminding me, yeah, you're really high up right now. So you want to be careful, but I don't freak out. So it's, it's that kind of. Delineate. Yeah. That's part of, that's part yeah. of my thing. I've always kind of had a fear of heights and oh, even, yeah. even like the slingshot at um, Icon Park. Like I'd go there with all my friends and they'd be like, come on, like, get on. And I was, I would never want to get on. Um, So even the slingshot, I haven't, I didn't ride one up until like April of this year. Um, It was my first time on it. I was terrified, but now I love them. <laughs> so. Okay. And which one did you ride in April? Um, I did, um, I did the Margaritaville one and then I did um the, the other one on iDrive. Oh, okay. So yeah. you never, so you went with your friends, but you never did the one at Icon Park. I actually did, um, like a month ago. Oh, oh you did fine. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I had never done one of those before, and I, um, I remember going to the media. There was a media event. I, I so, okay. So this kind of goes back here. So this is going back to what was it? December of twenty twenty one is when they kind of soft opened. Yeah. Uh, both that and the drop tower. And I didn't have a chance to make it over there during soft opening. So the first time I rode both attractions there was at the media event. Got invited to the media event. And actually, um, he was working there. I'm sure, of course, you know Austin. You know, Austin Rizzat, Amusement Insider. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he works. He worked there, so he, didn't, he wasn't on the media list. So he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah, can I go with you as your plus one? So Austin joined me, and we, you know, did the rides and everything. Um, and uh, I had never done a slingshot before. And I was like, you know, I'm at the media event. I should do what they have here. And I wasn't afraid of them. I just, it, you know, I just, they're upcharges. You know, they're always upcharges when there are parks. And it's like, why would I do an upcharge when I can just go do, you know, the things that are here? That's why I only have done like one Sky Coaster ever, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so um, so I did it. And I like, you know, I got the video, you know, posted on social media and people were remarking, like, Andrew, you weren't scared. You weren't scared. Like, how could you not be scared? And I wasn't scared. I wasn't. And I had never been on one before. I was just, I was so calm. And, um, you know, I I believe personally that as we face our fears in life, you know, coasters and other things, but as we go through life and we face our fears successfully, mind you, like where we conquer our fears, we get better at not being afraid of things moving forward. It's sort of like a yeah. building strength. So anyways, I think that's what's happened to me. But yeah, so, so okay. So you're afraid of flats, but like you, you've been able to conquer them too, clearly. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. That's good. So, you know, you you got off of, uh, of Loch Ness Monster and you were still afraid of some coasters, but you never were as afraid. Yeah. Um, so it helped you really. So because of Loch Ness Monster, you were able to step up and do bigger rides, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So can you think of anything else that by riding Loch Ness Monster, by conquering that fear that, you know, it, 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 did that conquering of that fear have any other impacts on you? Um, Not that one. Actually, the one that like the fear that I conquered that really did help me was um, Terran at Fantasialand. <laughs> that was another one I was really, really scared of um, when I first wrote it. But my first ride on that was actually when Logan came and visited. So with Logan Joyner, that was my first ride ever on it. And um, after that one, I really kind of started to like get over my fears and like 
um I think it was really Logan and his channel like after I got involved with that yeah that really yeah me, like in life in general um I did cheer I was a flyer so like the person who gets like thrown up in the air oh and yeah I was always like you know terrified of doing like the more extreme stunts but um after I got involved with Coaster Kids and Thrills United that kind of really helped me like especially in cheer um and like not letting my peers hold me back because if I wanted to be on the varsity team you know I had to like I had to do the more extreme stunts and stuff um so that really really helped me and I made varsity so <laughs> that's awesome and I one first of all awesome you made varsity but also awesome considering what you told me earlier Marina that you you know were were willing to do that because you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not cheerleader, I'm a cheerleader, but I've seen enough cheer squads and stuff. I, you know, I've seen movies about them and all that too. I think, I think I, I love any kind of performance entertainment. So, and cheer is certainly one of those. So um, that given your role, what you did on the cheer squad, you know, and given what happened to you when you were nine, where you were doing your own stunt, if you will, gymnastics and all that and dance, where you, where you, you know, flipped and went and broke your arm. And that was under your own control. And then now you're putting your life in other people's hands, perhaps your friends, but still not, you're, yeah. you're not in control and you're doing these extreme stunts with them, you know, your, your life even potentially depending upon them. And you were willing to do that. That is awesome. And that shows that, yeah, you've been able to conquer fear in life, be able to get to that point. That's fantastic. Yeah. So. Um, it was definitely rough because for a long time, my fears did hold me back and that ultimately held me down in like how far I could go with my cheer. So I was on JV for a few years before I made varsity, you know, because I was so scared of like doing those stunts. But once I stopped letting my fear kind of hold me back was when I really excelled and was able to reach my goal. Yeah, that's amazing. And also don't give yourself more credit. Like don't, don't necessarily assume that, you know, because of your fears that you didn't get onto varsity till later. I mean, it's not it's easy to get onto varsity period. Yeah. For someone that's not scared. So, so yeah, it's a challenge. It's it's the ultimate, you know, uh, in, in high school, certainly where you can get to. So that, I mean, that's fantastic. So you mentioned that, you know, with Logan coming out to Germany and you're riding Terrence for the first mm -hmm. time. So you rode Terrence for the first time with Logan. Yeah. Okay, great, great. So when, when was that? It was 2018 in June. Okay, so only a, only a couple of years after Taryn opened. Okay, yeah. so now I know you've mentioned two fears so far. You've mentioned, and it's very common, inversions and height. Taryn doesn't have either of those. So what <laughs> is it about Taryn that intimidated you? It was the launches. Like I had never okay. really been on like coasters that fast, you know? It just like right. the, sound of, the sound of the launches, like, you know? Oh, yeah intimidating oh yeah they are so loud i and you know I, and i get it why you would be scared but i'm assuming you like most enthusiasts now we're at with those those launch launches and all that is the sounds are like music to your ears right yeah for sure yeah, that's how it is for me yeah i mean i i was even able to when i've been to fantasia land like get the uh get that on video and people are like oh my god those lsms they sound so loud and yeah yes. yeah, so, yeah fine and we'll talk more about taryn later of course but um uh but anyways okay it's very 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 interesting so beyond forget about fear like going beyond fear just in terms of your enjoyment of the parks of coasters um how would you say that parks and coasters have had a significant positive impact on you in in any possible way yeah um there's so much i can like say for this but i think the main thing is like the people that i've met through this hobby um 
since again since like I joined Costa Kids I've met some of my best friends and some of my favorite people and it's really helped me like figure out which direction that I want to go in my life um I actually recently yesterday actually I changed my major in college I was a psych major and I just changed to theme park and attractions management so oh, nice congratulations yeah, I to work in the industry now um and it's crazy because psych is what I wanted to do forever, but I feel like my heart is just kind of set on like working at the parks. So that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Now, are you going to UCF or somewhere else? Mm-hmm. I'm going to UCF. Oh, so you got the whole Rosen thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, UCF's great for, and for listeners that aren't familiar, uh, UCF is an uh, acronym for University of Central Florida. It's one of the uh, premier universities, actually one of the largest universities in, in the country, but also one of the premier universities to go to for uh, theme park hospitality management, uh, to, to be able to major in things like that, like, like Marina, like what you just said, you're, you changed your major to. Uh, that's awesome. I know a number of people that have gone through the hospitality program uh, yeah. there, and they speak pretty highly of it. So I, I wish you luck. That's awesome. Thank you. Of course, of course. So uh, I, I wanted to touch upon something you mentioned earlier. I meant to get back to it, but we were going off on different tangents. So you mentioned that, you know, one of the coasters that's, that scared you before in general has been things like X2 and Ijanaika and whatnot. Now, have you been on any of the Arrow 40s yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Aside from like the SNS ones, I haven't been on like yeah, the, those aren't the Arrow same. ones. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I've been on all three Arrow 40s. They are not the same as the SNS ones yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know you lived in Japan. Now, I'm guessing what you lived like near Okinawa? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were on the other end of Honshu yeah. from from uh, FujiQ. So you've you never been to FujiQ? Or? No, I was too young to really like go to any of the parks. I moved when I was five, but I did go to Tokyo Disney and Disney Sea. Oh, That's nice. Right. <laughs> now, you only were, what, five years old when you went to those parks? Yeah. Disney- See, do so you I remember really, them at all? Not really, and I didn't really like ride anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, have you been back there since or no? No, I really want to, though. That's, like, next on my bucket list is a Japan trip, so. Okay, so I know how much you love Disney. I know how much you love Disney. You need to go. I've been to every Disney park on the planet. It's one of my favorite flexes that I'm proud of. And, I yeah, no, I I love, again, I I love coasters, but uh, big time, of course. But as much as I love coasters, I love theme parks. Dark rides, the theming, the immersion, uh, to, you know, the 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 shows, the entertainment, all everything, um, and and we'll get more into that later when we talk about some of the stuff that we've been, you know, both enjoyed in in Germany and things like that. But um, you know, all the of all the Disney parks, they each have their strengths and weaknesses. The 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 Japanese parks are just incredible. I mean, yes, pirates. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure, the full name. <laughs> um, the, the Pirates Ride at Shanghai is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And yeah, they don't have that anywhere else. But, um, you know, they have things like uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which I think is the best implementation of the Test Track Tech. And, you know, and just the, the beauty of that park. Even um, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is, I think, one of the best of Disney's attempts to simulate going underwater type rides. You know, because um, uh, they've done a few of those, you know, like Nemo and things like that. Uh, but, you know, there's so much such great rides in that resort. What I love about the resort is it the locals, they are so both passionate, like, say, Californians are about Disneyland. 
but very respectful. <laughs> they don't cause problems like the, some of the crazy people in California do. Um, but, you know, they just love that park and they, no, there's no litter and all the workers are so passionate about their jobs there. I mean, there's... Yeah, those um, are, yeah. I actually right. remember a story my mom always tells me about like when we went there Yeah. Um, to Tokyo Disney. Um, she bought me these like brand new like white like tennis shoes and um I wore them around the park all day and she said like after we were done with the day at the park she checked them and the bottoms were like spotless like they were still white yeah. oh that's great yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah <laughs> that's fantastic yeah yeah no they're great parks so hopefully you'll get to go back to them at some point I'm sure I you will so. yeah yeah and when and when you get back there I'm sure you will go to like Fuji Q you know amongst mm-hmm. other places Fuji Q is a great park and yeah Ijenaika is fantastic so hopefully it's still running well I've not I've not been there. This shows you my age. Um, I have not been there since 2007. So yeah, you were like, what, a couple of years old then, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I need to get back to Japan, but that's another story. But anyways, so uh, next few questions are, are fun questions. And I think this is when we're going to start to get into some of the more interesting topics here. Um, the First of all, I, well, how many coasters have you been on? What is your count up to? I think I'm at... 309 now nice nice considering you're pretty young that that's a that's a good number that's pretty high yeah. that's awesome that's awesome so of the 309 300 plus coasters you've been on uh thinking about you know re-rides you know all of that what would you say has been the craziest moment that you've had on a coaster oh my gosh i've had a lot of like insane moments i can't even think of like a top one well, let me help you. Let me help you to answer it. Normally, the way people answer this question is not so much, you know, just uh, having an amazing night ride or sunset ride or just, you know, it running really fast or whatever the case. It's normally something weird that happens. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times people talk about uh, getting evac'd uh, yeah. or seeing a cell phone flying in front of them and catching it or, you know, yeah. yeah. So, does that all um, frame the question? The, the one story that comes to mind was yeah. the first time I rode Twisted Timbers, which was actually my first RMC. Oh. Um, I I was sitting in the back row and someone's hat flew off in the front row and the people right in front of us caught the hat. Um, oh, wow. So in the on-ride photo, you could see like the hat like floating through the air, but um, they caught the hat. So, yeah. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've heard these stories where, I mean, sometimes people see something flying in front of them. Oftentimes it's a cell phone, which is a lot more dangerous than a hat. Um, but yeah. still, um, and you know, it doesn't hit anyone, but they don't catch it. But you know, then these stories where people are able to catch it, because you think about it, on a coaster, you know, you're distracted, which is a good thing. And it's, it's part of how we can be mindful when we're riding coasters, because we can't really think about a whole lot. We're just caught up in all the physics of everything and how fast things are going by. And, but with all that going on, to be able to focus and be able to catch something that's just wild i know yeah 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 that's pretty cool that's pretty cool so 309 coasters i already know the answer and i <laughs> love the answer but for our for our audience tell us what your favorite coaster is it is taryn at fantasia land which i'm sure you know if you know me because i talk about it probably too much <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah um it just maybe it's not the best coaster per se, but I have I like to rank coasters based on like my experience on them, kind of how much fun I've had. Um, and I don't think anything can compare to that one for me or even come close. Um, I just like 
everything about that ride, like the theming, how immersive it is, the launches, like the soundtrack, just everything about it combined. Like I love it so much. And um, yeah, I don't think anything can come close for me. Yeah, well, you won't get any argument from me. As you know, it, it is my number one as well. It became my number one during my second visit to Fantasyland. Bo both visits that I've had so far were both last year. Um, and, you know, again, no argument from me. It is my number one as well. Now, I personally, and there's another, I mean, there's other people out there that I know rank Taryn as their number one, but another friend, mutual friend of ours I mentioned earlier, that ranks Taryn number one. And I have a lot of respect for this person, especially in terms of his um, ranking of coasters, because he's very technical about it. And that's Austin from Amusement mm -hmm. Insider. Um, and he came out with a video, I don't know, a few months ago, kind of, I don't know if he had done it before, but at least if he had, it was updated, but it was his top 25 coasters. And he doesn't just name them and show videos of them. He goes through the technicals. He goes through the reasons. And like Austin and like yourself, I rank rides coasters, not just on the physics, not just on the, the elements, and the, the height, the length. It's the theming that matters. You mentioned the music, yeah. for example, of Taryn. And yeah, I've been to Disney parks. I've been out, you know, um, most of the Universal parks. I've been in the, even the one in Singapore. And, you know, some of these really high quality parks, Dollywood, Silverdale City, that have onboard audio and on some rides at least and, and immersive theming. But the level to which Fantasyland takes theming is like no other park in the world. I agree. <laughs> and, and that is both visual theming as well as auditory, you know, mm -hmm. the soundtrack. And actually, again, Austin, we've had on the podcast he was on early season one we had a, a special episode where we interviewed him and uh and talked all about Velocicoaster. it had just opened this was in 2021 our first season and you know he was the perfect person for me to chat with about Velocicoaster because you know he had been studying it long before he, anyone knew a coaster was being built he, you know he's been he would document the whole thing because he did his yeah. uh concept pov so good at making those concept povs but anyway, so um, Austin, when I first met him, it was actually on Twitter uh, long before he moved here from New York. And uh, he told me, he's like, hey, do you know about Emascore? I'm like, huh? And because uh, he's really big on music, as I am. And I have him to thank because I now have him Apple Music, like all their albums. I have a whole playlist for them. I have two playlists, actually, for Emascore. I have the main just general one. And then I have one just for the Fantasyland music. And the they do a, amazing theme park uh, uh, scoring, just great music. But the work that they do for Fantasyland is the best work that they do, in my opinion. So good. I listened to that that playlist of the three albums that I have from Fantasyland. I don't have the Africa one yet, um, but I have Glucheim, um, uh, um, of course. You know, for Taryn, I've got Rookberg, of course. That is the best work they've ever done, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Um, yeah, it's so good. Uh, and then I have Chiapas, which is also fantastic. And I listen to it all the time. But yeah, that music, when you're, you know, going around the, the curve out of the out of the station, heading up to the launch track and that triumphant music. Yeah. That, the, the theme of Taryn. The last time I got on it, um, I moved in 2021. So it was still shut down. Um, so I went back last November and that was the first ride I got on, on it in over two years. Then like when I like rounded the corner and heard that I'd like started crying because it's just oh like, yeah it's the most beautiful thing to me like I think the happiest moments of my life have been on that coaster like that song is my ringtone on my phone 
Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, they, these coasters are emotional. I mean, the the most emotional responses I've ever had to coasters are actually the two the two I can think of um, that are the highest, if you will, are at Fantasyland. It's it's uh, Terran and Fly. Mm-hmm. That dark ride section and fly, which I won't go into more detail on because people may be spoiled on it. But you know what I'm talking about in the beginning that that you know after dispatch, is yeah. the music that that disp the the fly main song if you will the main theme that that dispatch music and everything. So it's so incredible. It's beautiful too. Yeah. I don't know, did you get a night ride on it while you were there? Yes, I I've got night rides on both. Um, and yeah, yeah it's fantastic at night. Because of how Rookberg is lit up with the blue and red lights. Yeah, like, I yeah. got a night ride in the front row and it was the same thing. Like it was so beautiful. I think I like cried after it. It's just that park is incredible. And their Christmas event is like by far the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like oh, I yeah. have so much love for that park. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have I did get to ride fly, I think once at night. Um, yeah, during during and, and you know, and we'll talk more about their their Christmas event because that that needs to be discussed. But, uh, but yeah, for sure, for sure. But, but yeah, but going back to Terrence, so Terrence, you're number one, um, not surprising at all, given, given now, you know, what I know about you and again, something we share. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I know a lot of people that are listening that, you know, have not been to Germany or at least have not been to Fantasyland. You might find it hard to believe, um, but, you know, because it doesn't have inversions and it's not high off the ground, but it basically Terran, in my opinion, is the perfection of what uh, Intamin did with Maverick. Yeah, with, you know, and, and again, even without inversions. I mean, Terran would be great with inversions, sure. I mean, it, it's not like it would be a bad coaster if it had those, but it doesn't need them. In exactly. My it just doesn't mm-hmm. need them. The elements it has instead, the airtime, the positives, uh, the sense of speed, and yeah, it's just amazing. Um, okay, so enough about Terran for now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What would you say on the other end of the spectrum has been the the coaster that you've least liked? You know, maybe a rough coaster or something really bad. What was it? I would have to say Wildcat at Lake Compounds. Okay, all right. I've never been to Lake Compounds, but what what was bad about Wildcat? Um, I wrote it in twenty twenty one. I think it got retracted like not long before. Um, but oh my gosh it felt like it like jackhammered up and down like six feet every time it moved it was just awful like I was in shock of like how like rough it was I had never experienced anything like that before Ooh, okay Um, that's now yeah no no, go ahead ahead. (laughs) it was it was a one and done I left and went to Taco Bell after okay gotcha gotcha oh interesting okay all right yeah I mean it sounds pretty bad that sounds pretty bad now I'm assuming you've been to Movie Park Germany, right? So you think it's worse than Bandit? I do. I don't love Bandit either, but um, I think with Bandit, I heard so much like negative stuff about it that I was expecting it to be a little bit worse than it was. Whereas right. Wildcat, I hadn't really heard as many people um talk about it, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so that I guess kind of surprised me more <laughs> in a negative way. Right. No, that that totally makes sense. I mean, kind of what people tell us, good or bad, about something in life, whether it be, you know, a, a coaster, a park, a movie, sh- a TV show, whatever it may be, you know, it'll affect how much we like it or don't like it in the end because we're kind of biased in one, one direction or the other. So I totally get what you're saying. Totally get it. So, all right. Well, thank you for sharing this on those favorites. And, and I, you know, again, I know we'll get back to uh, some of the more Fantasia land stuff later. But, but before we get to that, 
So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what your most meaningful or favorite moments in terms of being part of Coaster Kids and Thrill United have been. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but it's definitely like the friends that I've made along the way. Um, they've become like my best friends in life and I really don't know where I'd be if I didn't um, join that channel. So I'm very, very thankful for, you know, all the opportunities I've had. Um, and aside from my friends, um, Coaster Kids Day, when I got to host that at Bush Gardens Tampa, I love helping people. So it was really, really cool to like, you know, have everyone come together and like help kids um, conquer their fears because, you know, I have been there before, so I know what it's like. And I know like all the amazing things that it can lead to um, when you do conquer your fears. So it was really cool like, getting to be a part of that. That's awesome. So I didn't, I didn't realize you did that. So when was that? How many years ago? Um, this was 2019. 2019. Okay. And so you and you being the local rep, you hosted that event, you ran that event? Yeah. Um. So I actually lived in Germany at the time. Um. But since I was going to be here for the summer, I hosted it with Hunter. Uh, oh, oh, nice. And I know Hunter's one of your closest friends. One of the ones you mentioned earlier that you've made through, right, right, through uh, being part of Coaster Kids and Social United. Yeah, Hunter's a, Hunter's a great guy. He's, um, you know, he, I think him being part of that, of the same groups, you know, has been great for him, too. I mean, I've, I've never heard anyone really speak ill of being a part of, of Logan's organizations. I mean, yeah. Logan has wonderful parents that have yeah. helped him, help him, you know, basically survive and 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 you know and basically not just survive but uh, uh triumph over his difficulties that have been facing you know being autistic and so forth and how much he's changed amazing so having those parents having coasters and having this hobby and now you know now he works in the industry and I, it, the transformation he's gone through is just incredible and I, that all that positivity is, is that's part of that organization. And you know, like I said, we've partnered with Coaster Kids and Thrills United because we have a similar mission about facing fear. And so yeah. you you ran that you ran that um, event for Coaster Kids in 2019, so four years ago at Bush Gardens, and helping people face their fears. So how many people were at the event? We actually had a pretty big turnout. I don't know like an exact number, but I think it was around like 24. That's great. Boxes. Yeah. That's great. So, so how many, how many people that were there were not actually part of Coaster Kids that were there to uh, hopefully face their fears and were trying to come out of their shells? Um, well, nobody else that was there besides Hunter was like part of the channel. They all just kind of heard about the event like through oh. the so they like came to like meet up. Okay, so basically everyone was there to like meet you guys and and so did you have do you, can you remember any like maybe one or two stories from that day maybe not the names of the people of course doesn't matter but yeah. i mean maybe a couple individuals where they were able to really conquer something because they were there yeah um i remember there was a little kid and he wrote his first bnm so nice. i like i think you're familiar with like the be brave challenge segment on their channel oh yeah very um, very yeah we had like a few of those and i did one that day on falcon's fury because i was terrified of falcon's fury <laughs> understandable fair advice uh, I totally yeah. get it yeah yep. I got to conquer something that day <laughs> so okay that and that that's great I'm glad you guys had such great positivity that is that's all I expect that's awesome that's amazing so in terms of you conquering your fear you know another part of your fear that that fear of heights on on Falcon's Fury I can tell you and to help you get over some of the anxiety you spoke of earlier about going on an arrow 40 coaster because I've been on all of them that 
how you kind of rotate and face down. That's very much how the first drop is on the 40 coasters. And it's my favorite drop on any coaster. It's not the tallest. It's not beyond 90 degrees or, you know, and all that kind of craziness we see in some coasters these days, but just how you're on your back and then you're flipped forward and then just staring into nothingness. I love being at the front, you know, going up backwards, but being at the front, if you will, and then being the first to face down because you don't see anything. There's nothing. I can't even imagine like how insane that (laughs) sensation must be. Like, Oh, it is. It's amazing. I've I've written that ride so many times now. (laughs) Each time it still gets me flipping over like that. So anyway, so now you'll have a sense of, okay, well, I've kind of done this already on, on Falcon's Fury. Yeah. So anyways, um, so, all right. I, I promised we would get back to this. So, you consider yourself to be a fangirl of Fantasyland. Yes, definitely. And, yeah, and that park was your home park for many years. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, taking a step back from, you know, Taryn being your favorite and all that, just looking at the park as a whole, what is it about Fantasyland that makes it so special to you? There's, like, so much I could go into about that park, but I think, like, the one thing that really separates it from everything else is, like, the charm that that park has. I feel like the only other park that's, like, come close in that respect for me is Silver Dollar City. Um, But I think just the fact that it's, like, independently owned, um, it's so, like, special and not something you really see these days. Like, I feel like so many parks have just become so corporate and, like, the focus is more on, like, making money than the overall guest experience. But I feel like Fantasia Land just, like, tries so hard in everything that they do to make it so, like, immersive. And um, everything that they do, I think um, they're, like, the best at. Like, for example, their water rides. I think they have the, the best water rides out of any park. I think that they have some of the best coasters out of any park. Even like the food is some of the best I've ever had at parks and the theming. Um, And one other thing I also really like is how like the park is so small. I think it's only like 32 acres, like in its entirety or 52, something like that. Something Um, like that, yeah. But it's like, it's a tiny park, um, but they make it seem so big. But like, it'll only take you a few minutes to walk from like one side to the other, which is like kind of insane to me. Oh, but yeah. I think they just do like such a fantastic job with everything that they do um, from like their operations, um, like just everything. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with everything you just said. If we were, you know, messaging or texting or whatnot, I would be doing that 100 emoji to, in response to that. <laughs> so totally agree. Uh, and yeah, it's the fact that they have all of that in one park. Yeah, it's. You know, like you mentioned that they have some of the best water rides, if not the best water rides. I agree. River Quest is fantastic. It, honestly, it is not my favorite of all of the Rapids rides, but it is one of my top. I think it's in my top five. But I think Grizzly River Run at California Venture, which I know you've not been on yet, is is That's the best. Fair. Along with Mystic River Falls. I think those are kind of hand. You know, have I you been on Mystic River Falls? I love, I love that bloom section at the end. It's so wild. But I also love um, Popeye and Pluto's. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's in my top five as well for sure. My favorite. (laughs) So good, so good. Um, So, but River Quest, regardless, doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because Chiapas exists. Exactly. (laughs) Chiapas is right on my desk right now. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I remember talking to. I'm assuming you know Adam Torres. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's another friend of mine. He's a uh, self. acknowledged if you will log flume enthusiast 
Yeah. Uh, talk about log flumes quite a bit. And I, I love log flumes. And yeah, he's he's very passionate about Chiapas, understandably, that ride. And again, the theming, it's got the, the crazy lighting and a couple indoor sections, the music. Chiapas' soundtrack is so fantastic and so fun and so upbeat and uh, so good. Uh, and that drop, that drop is yeah. uh, the backward section and just everything. It's so, I mean, yeah, there are other flumes that go backwards. And yeah. but just all of that put together, it's such an amazing ride. So good. So good. Uh, and of course, it's an intimate, which makes it even better. <laughs> so, um, but you also mentioned about the food. Yeah, the food. I, some of the best Mexican food I've ever had is at that. Not, I'm not talking about like the quick service one up top, uh, mm-hmm. like above Chiapas. I'm talking about the one that's down below in Mexico, right? It's right across from the, uh, the skating theater in Mexico. And it's like a table service Mexican restaurant. Is it like the Tacano one? I, I think, think that's it. I remember. I don't, yeah, I think I. That's okay. Yeah, I ate yeah. there one year for my birthday. Yeah, it was so the food's so good, and it was cheap too. The food's yeah, not. Expensive. The food there is very affordable. Um, it has my favorite theme park food item of all time, which is the churros. I tell everyone. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Every, yeah time, every time someone goes, I'm like, you have to get the churros. And then, oh yeah, and then in Klugheim, the um, I forget the actual German name. I'm sure you know, but. But the basically the German pizzas, those flatbreads, those like are the, so good. The yes, that's it. I can never pronounce that name. <laughs> I knew you would know it, of course, living in Germany. Um, yeah, the food's so good. And then you mentioned um that it's not a big park, it's landlocked. It's it's like basically Fantasyland, if if uh, if people that run that run uh, Knott's Bray Farm, we're very close friends on the show with Jeff Tucker, who's one of the managers at Knott's Bray Farm. If he were to say to me, hey, Andrew, yeah, you know, we want to put a new ride in, but, you know, we're, we, we don't have any room here. We're surrounded by housing development. Like, Jeff, Jeff, you have it great compared to Fantasyland. <laughs> so, because, like, yeah, they're both in similar situations, but it's much more intense there at Fantasyland. They are totally locked in there. But, you know, and maybe Knott's Bray Farm, as they continue to grow, because they're a great park, one of my favorite Cedar Fair parks. Have you been to, to Knott's Bray Farm? I'm guessing not. because no, you know. I've never been to the West Coast. Yeah, I've never been to Cal. Okay. Yeah, not you need to go to Nosbury Farm because it is the one park in the Cedar Fair chain that I consider to be a theme park. All the other ones, you know, Cedar Point, Kings Island, they're not theme parks. They're amusement parks. Yeah. They have some theming, but Knott's has incredible theming, at least in some parts of the park. Um, but it's landlocked. But, you know, as Knott's continues to grow and have more rides, et cetera, and have ambitions, you know, they could look to Fantasyland and the amazing construction that they do the building rides on top of rides and, you know, how Rake and, and, and interacts with Taryn and, you know, and, and, and like, I know there's one section of the park, I think it may be Rake that's, you know, it's like intertwines with Black Mamba or something like that. There's like multiple rides from different lands that interact with each other because they're all on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's so, I mean, they use all the space they can. Um, so yeah, and then it's it's a very charming park. Like when I'm there, I'm in my happy place. I just <laughs> yeah, just because you got the visual theming, the incredible, the, you know, Rookburg, of course, but even besides Rookburg, I mean, Klugheim is amazing. The, uh, you know, other lands are amazing. Like China, um, you know, Africa, they're all so beautiful. Uh, and then you have the music again, the score, the, the soundtracks playing in the lands on the rides. Um, the rides there, like Black Mamba. Taryn and Fly have awesome dispatch sequences because of the music, because that music is so good. And the lighting is great too with uh, with Black Mamba. Um, yeah. You know, it's all that stuff. And so one thing I'm curious you did not mention, 
and I'm curious to get your take on it, is what is your opinion on the entertainment, the shows at Fantasyland? Um, I actually never, um, I never watched them much. I did more when I was little, um, but now that my time there is kind of limited, I kind of right. just try to get her out to the rides as much as I can. Right. Um, but I've heard, I've heard great things about the shows and um, they have like a, I think it's like a light show during their winter event. And I yes. did see that and I was, and they had another one in Rookberg too. And those were both amazing. Yes. The pulse of Rookberg. That's one of the, the, um, the, the, the music they use during pulse is on the, the Rookberg soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, and they, the lighting and all that that you do. And they, and what's cool is, and this may sound weird being a coaster podcast, I want to kind of frame this. The Pulse show, which is done multiple times nightly at at Rookberg, is a fairly short show. It's only a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But during those few minutes, and again, keep in mind, it's a very short show, they do stop dispatching fly. So they don't have that, you know, that noise from the coaster. And and again, because it's a short show, I think that's really fine. They stop dispatching. Uh, And then they resume very quickly afterwards. Uh, It's not like how um, Kings Island stops running the Beast and other coasters for hours you know, because of the prior work show, it's not disruptive like that. But yeah, the Pulse show's great. Um, the, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Temple de Fuego is the name of the show they're running, at least the one they ran last year, the lighting, the light show that you mentioned uh, yeah, by, by Chiapas there in Mexico. That's the show you were talking about, right? The oh, light no. I actually don't think I've seen that one. Um, I know they had like a short one in Rookberg, which is when I was talking about. And then yeah. um, during their winter event in like the Berlin area, they had like another like little thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the fountains, yeah. right? Okay, so you've not seen the one in Mexico. No, I didn't even know that. Oh, okay. So obviously you come here. So I know you still go to Germany, but now you live mainly here in Florida, right? Okay, so you've seen Ignite, for example, at SeaWorld, right? Actually, I have not. I don't go there. Oh, much. <laughs> oh real? Oh, my God. Oh, well, it's still something. You need to go. It's yeah. Not, basically, it's every night. It's amazing. It's only like 10 to doing their show. It's amazing. Okay. They have amazing pyro in that show. I'm not gonna I won't get into anything else. But anyway, there I'll leave out details as well here so, so you can be surprised. But the Temple de Fuego show, I'm assuming they'll run it again this year and for the for the foreseeable future. Um, it's got really good pyro. I'll just say that. It's it's a great, it's the main show they do at night there in Fantasyland. Okay. Um so, but anyways, so have you seen uh, Winter Wonderland on Ice, the ice skating show they do at SeaWorld during the Christmas celebration? Um, I don't believe so. <laughs> okay, are you not? Are you not a big show person in general? I'm usually one of those people who rides the rides during the show. So, like, okay, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, I love my night rides. So, and all these shows are at night. Um, but I love shows too, and. Um, I, I would say that I know your time is limited now when you go to Germany, but mm-hmm. if you're there, whenever you're there, try to see the shows. Um, they're, they're very good. I think Europa Park, their shows are maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Have you seen any of the shows at Europa Park by chance? Or? I'm not on a long time. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know gotcha. But, yeah, if you can see the shows at both those parks, there just try maybe one show, a visit, yeah. or maybe something like that. Um, they're fantastic. They're okay. the energy. It, it's what you would expect. Yeah, yeah, send me recommendations for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's what you'd expect out of those parks. So okay. I'm assuming then you've not done Fantissima then at Fantasia Land. No, 
Mm-mm. Okay. Because that does not come into conflict with getting missing out on rides because it's after the park closes. Yeah. It's um it's incredible show. It's four hour show. It's wild. Some really? of the best entertainment I've seen. Yeah. It's a dinner, it's dinner theater. Okay. So it's like they serve four courses and in between each course they do one of the acts of the show. What? I yeah, didn't Yeah, it runs about a hundred dollars. It's not yeah. expensive considering it includes dinner. Mm-hmm. And the entertainment, it's singing, dancing, uh, acting. It's got illusion magic in it, quick change, uh, wardrobe, mag- oh which God. I consider magic. Um, they do contortion, they, but it's all very high quality. And there's something else they do in that show, which I will not say what it is, because it, I don't want to. I, I, the number of people I've told about this is very small. I won't say it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something they do in that show that will completely knock your socks off. It's a technology thing. And it's like, you'll know it when you see it. It's like, what is going on here right now? And it's one of those kind of wow moments. The show is fantastic. Uh, It's the best show I've ever seen. It's amazing. It's amazing. Better than like Broadway shows. It's it's incredible. Uh, So do see that when you have a chance. It's the kind of thing we have to book it in advance. Yeah. It's a small, intimate theater. It's all tables. You know, you're sitting at dinner theater. Um, and you know, I think they hold maybe a hundred people in there or something like that. So maybe a little more than that, but anyways. Um, okay. So, but regardless of the shows, you know, obviously there, you know, I can understand all the reasons why you love Fantasia land. So I, and I get why it's so special. Now, how would you compare, you know, obviously you spend a lot of time in Florida. You're living mainly in Florida nowadays. How would you compare Fantasia land to parks like the Walt Disney world park, universal Orlando parks? Yeah, um, so I obviously love Disney and Universal a lot, but um, I think Fantasyland's just always going to have the slight edge um, because, like, kind of like I said earlier, I just don't think anything can compare to, like, the charm of that park. Um, I love Disney and Universal so much, but I feel like it's just changed a lot since, you know, I started going there growing up. I feel like um, it's kind of sad. It's just become like a little bit more corporate. Like I don't feel like the magic or the charm like I used to. Whereas at Fantasyland, that's just like never really changed. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, you know, I grew up going to Disney World. So I grew up on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal, I didn't go till till later, but certainly I live five minutes away from there. I've been there many, 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 many times. And in my opinion, Islands of Adventure, if we just look at individual parks, Islands of Adventure is the best park in the U.S. And it's second only to Fantasyland for me, you know, in terms of theme parks. I don't consider amusement parks like, you know, Cedar Point. I don't rank them the same same way. Just in terms of theme parks, um, again, um, Fantasyland number one and then Islands. Uh, but then, you know, the Universal Orlando as a resort is such a strong resort. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, better than Disney World. Um you know, it's it's just so so up there. But I love Disney World too. But I agree with you. It the corporate, all of the the how complicated it is to go to Disney World, the reservations exactly. and the, you can't hop until two p.m. and the virtual queues. And it's I miss the Disney, you know, of the of the past. I even, even, it, just, it kind of seems like they focus like a little bit less on the guest experience now. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go back to the paper fast pass system. You know, and just being able to run. Yeah, you had to run all over the place to get the, but it was kind of fun. And, you know, you grab all your friends' yeah, tickets, yeah, and, sure. you know, and, or even just don't have fast pass anymore. Don't have lightning lane anymore. And that'll make yeah. the, you know, I'm, have you seen the documentary from um, Defunct Land about the fast pass system? Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And it makes such a case 
for just don't have a system, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, but Fantasia land, yeah, they actually have a quick queue system. A lot of people don't know that for certain rides. I've not used it, but you know, aside from that, it, it's it, like you said, it's not a corporate park. There's no IP. There's exactly. no IP there. Mm-hmm. And you know, whereas Disney's putting all this IP in the parks, which can be a good thing, you know, Tron guardians are great, but you know, just having no IP, it's just, there's a, there's a wonderful imaginary place that, you know, it's these 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 properties that don't exist in the real yeah, world. And like prices yeah. are still like consistent and affordable. Like it's oh, yeah. price it used to be like when I started going, whereas Disney is like tripled in price since I started going. Like it's barely affordable anymore. Like yep. my family used to go like three times a year and now they don't go at all. Um, I only go because I have a pass, but I would never buy a day ticket there anymore. Just oh, yeah. Like- yeah. Like when I'm going to a California next month, going mainly for haunt events but i'm going to go to disneyland because i haven't been there a couple of years and yeah i don't have a pass i don't you know they don't even sell the premier pass anymore i used to have that i've had that a couple of years over the years because i would go to california and florida for for different reasons both places um but you know buying tickets oh my god like you said it's so expensive mm-hmm. uh it's crazy but yeah people you know because i went to fantasia i went to to europe in general for fun for vacation twice last year october and then december and i went to a lot of parks and people like, you know, my, my social media posts and people would message me and they were, they could not believe how cheap it is. The park tickets mm-hmm. are so cheap. And what I've tried to explain to people is one of the main reasons for that is they don't have the insurance requirements that we have here in the U.S. They don't have to have insurance policies. And there's this not as much regulation that the U.S. parks have to deal with and bureaucracy and the corporate, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the parks are just run there so efficiently uh, without all these extra stuff that they can be inexpensive yeah exactly and you don't see like all these upcharges at like parts like fantasia land and even their like quick queue system you never need to use it i went on like a saturday in the summer and like taryn was still like a 20 minute wait like the operations are never bad like you'll never like you know need to buy it whereas like disney on a crowded day you might want to like splurge Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, like I said, the, the efficient operations over there, I mean, they really, you know, Fantasyland, Europa Park, all these great parks, they are run so well. And, you know, the people, they take their jobs seriously and they, you don't have, you know, you just don't have those issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've not used the, the quick use system there either. And I've been there when it's busy, but, you know, the lines move. So mm-hmm. now one last question I want to ask you about, about Fantasyland. This is a little bit self-serving because uh, I'm, I'm, planning a trip hopefully depending upon how things go for this fall or kind of fall winter um so i know that you've been to what i consider to be um well let me take a step back so i'm assuming you know brett bizant right met brett so he's another friend of mine so he he you know being he's from the uk now lives here in florida but has been to europe the parks in europe a lot um, when, before I went to Fantasyland for the first time last fall in October, you know, he was giving me advice and talking about it, you know, cause he loves that park so much. And he was telling me, he's like, Andrew, I know you're going in October. You should go during Venture Charm. You should go, you know, yeah. go during the winter event. It is the best theme park event I've ever been to. Yes. So I, so I went in October and I, I love not only Fantasyland, I loved Europa Park. I'd never been there either. And mm-hmm. those two right away became two in my top five again fantasia being my number one theme park uh europa park i think it's number five um and i loved it so much and you know i've done some other parks there too but i love those two parks especially i'm like okay i'm going back 
to go see the Christmas events, the holiday events at those parks and do some others. And I, and I wound up going back in, in December um, between Christmas and New Year's, the busiest time I know, but it's, I had that time off from work. Uh, and I had a magical Christmas that trip. One of the new parks I went to was um, uh, Wallaby, Bel- or Wallaby, Wallaby, Belgium. Yeah. Um, no, not Wallaby, Belgium. Plopsaland, excuse me. I went to Wallaby, Belgium my first trip. So in December, I went to Plopsaland for the first time. And I the park was dead on Christmas Day. And I rode Ride to Happiness like 20 plus times. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. That was the first park, one of the first parks I did that trip. But then I spent uh, three days later on in that trip, the middle of the week at Fantasyland. Incredible, because that, yeah, Brett was right. That is the best theme park event, period. It is, the park is gorgeous. I have one event over that. That is a very close second. (laughs) Which which is the one over it? Halloween Horror Nights. (laughs) Okay, I do love HHN. I do love HHN, but no, I'm sorry. I... I mean, the night rides on Terran alone that you can only get during Winter Tron. I just, yeah. that's for me. For, I, I respect that's the HHN. Great. I'm just, I'm the yeah. hugest HHN fanatic. Like when it's going, I'm there every single night at the event. Like, yeah, I, no, I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge HHN fan. <laughs> I, can, I live five minutes away. I've got my frequent fear pass mm-hmm. uh, and I'll be there as much as I can. I'll be traveling a lot during those months, September and October. But when I'm home, I'll be there pretty much every night. Absolutely. You know, and I love it because friends come to visit during that time because of HHN and going with them. And, you know, I I already have been through all the mazes, all the houses, you know, five times or 10 times. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to do this. And I can't wait to see your reaction to this. And like last year, my favorite thing to do was taking friends in there, visiting from out of town or wherever. And I'm like, okay, when we go through Dead Man's Pier, you're going to have a wow moment towards the end. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about? the boat yeah i was yeah yeah just yeah i love that event so much and but yeah from and i totally respect where you're coming from but for me it, it's venture trauma and and i just the fact that they actually make real snow every day and the yeah. you know and then you know all the, like i said the decorations but the the lights the the, the special shows I, I again i know you haven't seen like the indoor shows you know the skating show and the other sh- they have like a Cirque style show there and things like that. Great, great shows that they do just for that event. Uh, but the night rides, the 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 ultimate is those night yeah. rides. So mm-hmm. good. Oh, glue glue wine was good too. I never tried glue wine before. The, yeah, that That's was good. <laughs> but but those night rides on fly and especially Karen, just yes, so, it's, it's so. definitely the most beautiful thing like I've ever oh, yeah. seen. <laughs> and the way Taryn lights up the underlighting to the boost launch and the it's so right? beautiful. So oh, so amazing, God. so beautiful, yeah. So the question I wanted to ask you, because I know you've been to that that event, how many times have you been to to Vintertron? Um, probably at least ten. Like I made it a point to try to go like every year while I lived there. Oh wow! Okay. So the and the last couple years, like when did you live there until? Um, until twenty twenty one. So I lived there from two thousand nine to twenty twenty one. Okay, but obviously 2020, especially that, the, the, yeah, that didn't happen. But yeah. so, so like from like 20, what was it, 2016, Taryn opened, right? Mm-hmm. So for a few years while you're still living there, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and then 21. So like five, six years in there, you got to go to that event with Taryn at Running at Night. Yeah. Okay. So my question for you, all of this leading up to, 
is last year I went between Christmas and New Year's and it was, it was, I had a great time. A great time. One of the things that was nice is one day I had several friends join me. So that was nice. Uh, but locals, I've got some local friends over there. That was really nice. Um, and that helped with the lines and everything. But, you know, again, I'm really patient with lines. And, and again, and the operations are so good there. It was not bad. It was not bad. Um, but I would love to be able to get more rides. You know, Mark Martinez, I know you first know Mark, another friend. Uh, he went there like a week or two before me, middle of December. And he was just bragging to me, oh, Andrew, yeah, you're having all those lines. I was I was lapping Terran, you know, it was a walk-on. Yeah. So my question for you is, is I came up with an idea because, you know, with the jobs that I have, every job I've ever had, you know, I have, I have Thanksgiving, Thursday, and the day after off from work. So yeah. what I'm thinking of doing this year is just taking the whole week off, just having a few days to actually take off the rest I get off with holidays and going to Europe, you know, for like 10 days, the weekend before the weekend after, uh, and doing other parks too. But again, Europa Park and Fantasyland, multiple days at each. So, because I know that this year, for example, Fantasyland, they opened Wintertraum on November 18th. It's like right after I app ends, which is perfect. And then right before Thanksgiving. So that first week of Wintertraum, like, which is our Thanksgiving week here, I know they don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there. So it's not a holiday for them, but is it busy that first week? Um, No, it shouldn't be. My advice would be to look up like the German school calendars. Um, look up the German and French ones because um, okay. kind of close also. Um, just so you can kind of time it because I know the Germans do have a fall break, but I'm not sure um exactly where that lies. But I did go like I think early December, late November time last year, like around Thanksgiving, and it was dead. Nice. Okay. All right. So yeah. it sounds like I'm on a sound plan here. So yeah, because you're an expert. So I trust your judgment. <laughs> that's, that's encouraging. So thank you. I appreciate that. And that's a good advice about the school calendars. So, all right. Well, hopefully listeners, if I haven't done it before, Marina has sealed the deal in terms of you need to go to these European parks, especially yes. the German parks, and <laughs> most especially uh, Fantasyland and Europa Park as well. Those are just so amazing. So, well, thanks for uh, nerding out with me about Fantasyland. That was fun, of course. Anytime. So. <laughs> okay, so last couple couple of few questions here, kind of just general questions we ask all of our, our guests. So this next question, we have this in here because um, one of the first people that David, our, our founder, uh, you kind of met briefly here before we started recording, Marina, um, he lives in California. And one of the first people he met after he started Coaster Challenge became one of our first fans of Coaster Challenge and supporters, him and his parents, um, uh, Dusty Lystra. Um, he is, is very young. He's even younger than you. And he's very sadly passed away this past year. And it hit David very hard, understandably. So it made him think about mortality. And he went to Dusty's memorial, which was a great memorial, very well done. And out of that, he came up with the idea to have this question. So this is our uh, Dusty Lystra memorial question, if you will, which is, Marina, how would you like your family, your friends and colleagues to remember you by hopefully many, many, many years from now, you know, have a long life, but whenever your life is 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 complete, I should say, put it that way, how do you want your your those that knew you to remember you by? Um, I want to be remembered as someone who was always willing to help people. Um, someone who made a difference that was part of the reason I wanted to go into psychology originally um, was because I just wanted a job where I could help people and you know make a difference in people's lives so yeah that's great that's great yeah and I, I remember you mentioned you like to help people earlier and that's that's how I am too 
you know, you love doing that Coaster Kids Day at Bush Gardens Tampa and helping those kids and the Be Brave Challenge. And that's awesome. I can imagine that was that I'm guessing would would I be correct in saying, by the way, Marina, that that is one of your favorite days of your life that you've yeah, had? It was, yeah, it not was very, very special. I'm very thankful that I got to be a part of something like that. Not um, surprising. Yeah, being a part of Coaster Kids and Thrills United, like in general, has changed my life so incredibly much. Um, I definitely would not be where I am today without it. So I'm very, very That's thankful. Awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like I said, I love to help people too. And like one of my favorite things kind of relating to the topic of Coaster Challenge and parks and everything is um, one of my favorite things to do is, uh, whether it be here in Orlando or elsewhere, where I have a friend, maybe a friend from out of town, come in to visit and either go to a park that mm-hmm. I know well, but they've never been to, and to be able to kind of, and, it, and it's not the kind of thing where I'm like running them around the park, telling them what to do, yeah. oh, we got to go here next. It's about, I always like asking, hey, what do you feel like doing next? You want to do the ride? You want to get some lunch? You want a water ride? You want a, you know, a coaster? You know, kind of guiding things along, but like helping them to have like the best day ever. Yeah. At and being the, the tour guide, the helpful tour guide, and like, mm-hmm. And then seeing their reaction, you know, um, you know, taking people, especially to a place like Islands Adventure for the first time. I've done yeah. that with a bunch of people and just seeing how their mouths just drop the whole time and, and just how they're much they're blown away by by the Potterize, you know, Hagrid's and Forbidden Journey, of course, Velocicoaster as well, and Popeyes and Spider-Man. Spider-Man is still an incredible ride after, you know, it's, it was an opening day attraction for Islands and it's still mm-hmm. 20 plus years later, still amazing. And, you know, and yeah, so doing things like that. I love helping people, just helping people in general in life. I'm always Yeah, that's always very special. Um, one of my favorite days I've had ever was my sister's birthday last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to Epcot and my mom, I went with my sister and my mom and they haven't been there in like years Um, just because, you know, Disney's expensive now. Um, yeah. But they bought a day ticket and I had a pass. So, you know, I had been going to Epcot almost every day at that point. Um, yeah. That was when Guardians opened. So, um. I, um, you know, show them around the park. Like we just, we had like the best day and it was like so much fun getting to see them like have a great time at Disney. Um, Cause we hadn't all been together in like a very, very long time. Um, and I got them on Guardians. We got my favorite song on there. Um, and it was Which a is, by day. the way. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think I knew that because I think you posted or maybe I posted, you commented because that's my favorite too. Oh yeah, that's the best song. It fits the ride so perfectly because that it's ride is not a thrill coaster. What's what's that? I said it's my favorite song of all time. <laughs> oh, real? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Tears for Fears is great in general. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's one of my favorite 80s songs. I'll say that much. Yeah. But, you know, Guardians is not a thrill coaster. And yeah, it's a launch. But it, it's, it, to me, it's more of like a chill, one of the fun, one of the most fun rides out there. But it's really yeah. a chill kind of ride. And that song fits it so perfectly. It's, my like one of my favorite experiences I could have on a coaster and because of that if Guardians is my number two <laughs> no very I very much respect that Guardians is definitely um one of the few Disney coasters that ranks highly with me uh, along with Tron I love Tron so much um but yeah no I totally respect that so here's another example and I'm sure you you know exactly what I'm talking about here you know even if someone has been to a park before and I'm helping them out, like going on a coaster, they haven't been on yet. Like yeah. taking people on guardians and mm-hmm. I've done that with so many friends and I'm like, okay, trust me. I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to my friends. When we go to guardians, I'm like, 
trust me, I'm going to request row nine. Make sure you write row nine. Yeah. Trust me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not going to say anything more because we like to keep spoilers because <laughs> there's people listening sure that don't you know, have not seen POVs and don't know. And anyway, uh, listeners, row nine request that you can make row requests. Disney is really good about row requests on their on their coasters, especially those uh, Guardians and Tron. So yeah, row nine. Anyway, so yeah, I, I you seem like a very sweet person. I already kind of sensed that from you, just interacting with you, meeting you just briefly a couple times. And Scott, again, spoke so highly of you, but it doesn't surprise me at all now that we've kind of had a really nice chat here, like verbally, like so just almost in person, like um, that you you really like helping people because I can see that in your personality and that's really great. So you mentioned that's why you were going to psychology. And you mentioned earlier, wanted to follow up on this, by the way, before we finish, that you're yeah. now doing theme park management. So like... I think I know the answer, but what park would you like to work at once you have that degree? I actually don't know the answer to that yet. Okay. Um, okay. I'm hoping to possibly get my foot in the door at Universal. Um, I've already started applying for a few positions there. And for my degree, I need three internships. Oh, um, nice. So hopefully either there or Disney. I'm kind of aiming high, but um, yeah, that would be really amazing. <laughs> Okay, so you'd want to kind of maybe for practical reasons stay here in the U.S. You wouldn't want to yeah. say move to Germany and get or get a work work visa and work at Fantasia. No, like I I love Germany very much, but um I feel like there is kind of more for me here. Right. Um, right. I don't know though. Things could change. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, we're Disney Universal. Uh, you know, with Epic Universe. When, when does when do you get your degree? Um, twenty twenty five. Well, we know what's happening in 2025, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and maybe maybe you can get an internship at Universal, one of those internships in the meantime, kind of mm-hmm. get your foot in the door, maybe already thinking about it a bit, uh, and then maybe you can get a job at Epic. So, that yeah. Would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, Epic. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I wish you I wish you luck with that. And I know, you, again, you have yeah. such a great positive attitude and you're a kind person so i mean you deserve it and i think you know with positive attitudes i've learned in my life because i've not always had a really good positive attitude and i don't always even have one now i have my moments i'm only human but what i've learned is is i've learned with all the hardship i've been through i've been through tough times in my life to look for the positive in any situation and i can do that i i become really good at it all honesty all, all modesty aside i should say but um, being being able to have a positive attitude in the face of adversity, it's very powerful. And yeah, yeah, I can tell you have a positive attitude, uh, and you know just keep that up, and you'll go places in life. So thank you. Say. I really really appreciate that. Of course, of course. So um, speaking of, I just gave you some advice. <laughs> um, so speaking of advice, uh, we always like to ask this. You know, you've given us some good pearls of wisdom as we've gone through the interview, but is there any kind of last thing you'd like to say, any kind of advice you'd like to give maybe our younger listeners or just listeners in general, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, Um. so I have a few pieces of advice that I've heard that have really, really helped me out. Awesome. Um, these, these past few years especially have been like, really rough, Um. but the first piece of advice, um, it's kind of coaster related, is don't let your fears hold you back from things that might be good for you in life because I mean you can take me as an example like I was terrified of coasters but you know like once I conquered my fear it's led to so many amazing things for me um so don't let that hold you back and then the second piece of advice I have which actually my mom told me this when I was really young and whenever I'm going to 
going through a hard time. I like to remember this. Um, she said, don't worry about it for more than five minutes if it won't matter in five years. And that's something that's really, really helped me because I think that sometimes we all kind of tend to hyper-focus on um, little things um, that seem like the end of the world at the time. But um, later down the line, it's really not going to matter. So don't, you know, waste your time focusing on those little things and like getting in your head because it probably isn't going to be the biggest deal um, later down the line. So that's really helped me. No, that's great. Those are really good advice. And I, I love that, especially that second one where your mom mentioned to you, your mom sounds pretty wise. That's, that's, uh, I've not heard that. I mean, I've heard things similar to it along those lines, but not put that way. That's very profound the way she puts that. I like yeah. it. I like it. It's really good advice. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. So, so last thing I'd like you to share, uh, whatever you'd like to hear, whatever you feel comfortable with, I would like to put out to our listeners. Uh, how can people find you say on social media? Um, you know, yes. you, you know, if, if you have website, YouTube, and I, I know you, for example, you have Instagram, if you'd like to share that, Facebook, whatever you'd like to share, please share away. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Coaster Marina. And then that's my Coaster account. My main is in my bio. Um, and then my Facebook is Marina Davatellis. And then my Twitter is After Hours Mar. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marina. Thanks for sharing that. And thank you for joining me. And, talking about uh you know your coaster passion and and kind of how your life has improved because of coasters and parks and of course mm-hmm. talking about Dr. and everything else and the advice you've shared so thank you for everything i appreciate it of course thank you so much as well awesome if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you want to see more of us we upload every friday be sure to like us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube all at coaster challenge Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.